episode of the South Asian Occupational Therapy Experience podcast. I am here today with Pooja Gohill, and we're going to be talking about dating as an occupation, but from a South Asian context. Um, so do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself real quick, Pooja? Sure. Hi, Sheila. First of all, thanks for this awesome opportunity. Um, my name is Pooja Gohil. I am an occupational therapist that works currently in a neuro rehab setting. I live in San Francisco. I go by the pronouns she, her, and currently residing with my partner. All right, and I'll do a quick intro of myself. I'm Sheila Ivlev. My pronouns are she, her. I live in San Francisco and I live with my husband. Um, and I, I will throw this out there. Um, so I've been married before, so I'm living with my second husband right now. And <laughs> I am in uh, private practice, mental health and wellness. Um, so we're going to focus on dating as an occupation, and typically um, occupational therapists focus on um, helping people find romantic partners and kind of things like sexuality and social participation um, when they're working with people on, on addressing dating. Um, but we're going to kind of get into some like contextual cultural things um, that you probably won't find in a textbook. So um, I think we should probably start with um, marriage. Like one of the things that, yeah. um, that came up when Pooja and I had chatted before was that we actually have a lot of things in common. So um, we are both heterosexual. We're both Indian American. Um, we were both raised Hindu. Um, we both have like similar family dynamics where there's two sisters in the family and our parents are still together, but how our parents got together are different stories. So do you want to share a little bit about your parents' marriage situation? Yes, definitely. Um, they have a very, I feel like a very Bollywood tale to, to them coming together. Um, my dad saw my mom one day um, coming out actually on her porch and she was coming out to water the plants. And I think it was an instant connection. I mean, of course the parents didn't approve and um, my mom immigrated to America and he wrote love letters to her you know trying to to win her over and um, long story short I mean they were secretly dating for a while and then uh, my mom convinced her parents that you know this was someone she wanted to spend the rest of her life with so she went back to India without her parents and um, had her ceremony and oh, wow. was married and then, was it a, was yeah. it a secret wedding or it was not a secret okay. wedding but um neither parents were actually present during the wedding so i think about how at that point in their lives how rebellious that actually was yeah. and then i tend to laugh at the things that they see as maybe some of my actions or choices as being rebellious i'm like that was huge what you did right. back then. So right. I did grow up knowing that they had a love marriage. Um, so the concept um, of, you know, for me, you know, someone came to me and was like, you know, are you open to an arranged marriage? I think I always had a little bit of a hard time swallowing that because what I saw my parents had, you know, done. But not to say that I think that um, a very respect anyone that chooses to go either route. Um, I see the pros and the cons, I think, of both sides. Yeah, and I think we can like probably take a step back for a minute because not everyone's familiar with, with those terms, right? So in yes. South Asian, Asian culture, there's love marriage and there's arranged marriage. And so like mm -hmm. what your parents did, 
you know, back then it was rebellious, but like still to this day, I feel like that can be pretty rebellious. Like some families are super traditional, Mm -hmm. um, not as many families are traditional that have grown up like outside of South Asia, but like it still happens. It's still, um, people still have Mm -hmm. arranged marriages. Uh, My parents, for example, uh, my dad was in the United States and they, (laughs) they put ads in the paper. Um, (laughs) so funny story, like my, uh, my mom actually talks about it more than my dad does, but they lied about my dad's age in the paper. So my mom's 10 years younger than my dad. And so they didn't meet until their wedding day. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. So their families had met with each other and set everything up. So like my mom, basically my mom and dad showed up on their wedding day to get married and like had no say in it. So they're still together, but again, it's kind of like a traditional yeah. thing. Right. So, yes. um, so yeah, so there's two kinds of marriage, love marriage and arranged marriage, and both still happen to this day. Speaking of arranged um, versus love marriage, um, it makes me think about that Netflix show, Indian Matchmaking, which was like super popular recently. Um, so like, I just want to start with, what do you, th- what did you think about <laughs> that show? And like, does it really reflect how, how things are done? Oh man, I, I definitely have mixed feelings about the show. I think that it served a very good purpose, entertainment purpose um, for the wider audience on Netflix. Um, I have so many non-Indian friends that were texting me be like, oh, is this what your life is like? Like, I understand what you're going through now. I'm like, no, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's not a representation of every South Asian um, person's dating life. But I do think that it's so much truth also in the business aspect like dating here I mean we have a lot of autonomy in dating but dating there actually I mean they've made it a whole it's a business actually so um I do think Simanti um (laughs) she got a very good platform for her business and I think that the way they portrayed how submissive the woman has to be still um, in the whole process. I think it it hurt a little bit to see because I think there's an element of truth. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, again, like, you know, one of our limitations is like, we were born and raised Mm -hmm. here, right? We're pretty separated Mm -hmm. from, um, we didn't grow up in South Asia. We didn't live in South Asia. So, but you know, some of the things I I feel Mm -hmm. like it was actually super controversial. So you have like American friends Mm -hmm. that are like, oh, this is so cool. I get to see what it's like. And then you have um, some South Asians, particularly Indians, like, well, this isn't actually how it is. We were, you know, we were portrayed differently, but like, like, I'll just kind of jump into some of this that we probably can't get into too much detail, but like things like dowry and like caste and like um, social status and like, you know, really like those domestic roles and like how submissive a woman is supposed to appear and like certain educational expectations. I think I cannot remember the name of the characters, but like um, one, um, one of the male characters, like didn't want to marry somebody who wanted a career because he wanted her to just like be a wife. Like that was going to be the rest of her life after they got Mm -hmm. married. Um, And so some of those things, like people weren't happy with it, but that are, those are some like real expectations for people. Right. Yes. Yes. And actually not everybody. (laughs) Right. And I think we can, to tie back to occupational therapy. I mean, let's talk about the gender roles that are important in the South Asian community. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a stay at home mom. There's nothing wrong, you know, um, 
to fulfill your role if, to be a very good wife and a good mother. But um, I think the show tends to emphasize that those are the most important things. Right. I also loved, I could think, I think a lot of people could relate. There was one girl who um, was the fashion designer and yes. she was like the go-getter, um, didn't want to compromise um, on anything. And I think that she, I feel like is like a good modern representation of, yeah. of, of, you know, expressing like, um, I am an active part in choosing my partner. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think a lot of what was left out is like, you know, the, the big thing on, um, on the show and it's common in matchmaking is like the bio data, right? Like it's mm -hmm. a resume. It really does not show who you really are. And so it's like mm -hmm. what some people don't realize is that especially in present day. So, you know, I mentioned my parents, like they were mm -hmm. matched up and they had absolutely no choice, never met each other, didn't have mm -hmm. a say in any of it, but present day, it's like regular dating, right? Like yeah. your, your end goal or like, you know, the length of your long-term goal might be a little bit shorter, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, um, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, um, people are looking for long-term commitments and marriage in this process, mm -hmm. but it's like, you get to go on dates, you get to say no, like you're not stuck with a person just because um, you saw their bio data and you're like, okay, this mm -hmm. seems like a good fit. Yeah, actually, can I ask you if you've experienced yeah. having to make your own bio data of your parents? Have yeah, no, no, to? no, that's, I was actually going to ask you <laughs> if you had had any pressure. So I, you know, my dad's been in San Francisco for, or in America mm -hmm. for over 60 years now. So the reality is they've assimilated and we didn't grow mm -hmm. up with too many um, Indians in this community. And so there really wasn't too much pressure from them. And I'm like, pretty outspoken. So they kind of knew like, do not go there. So, um, I, you know, the first time I was married, I married a white man and I'll be honest with you. I don't think I would have married him if I felt like I could live with him, you know? So, you know, one of the, the things that is huge in South Asian culture is this whole concept of like, what will other people think? Right. And yes. so yes. your parents might actually be okay with it, but they're more worried about other people's judgment. And so, mm -hmm. um, for me at the time, I, um, I started dating someone in college and, um, I couldn't live with him. And so I finished college and wanted to live with him and I felt pressured to jump into marriage. So I didn't really know this person. Um, and we got married and it was a mistake. Um, I've learned from it for sure, but it was just like this, this pressure. So didn't, you know, I kind of jumped off topic. Like I didn't have any pressure to have an arranged marriage, never had to do bio data because I jumped into marriage, like right out of college. Mm. That's what a, about that's you? A, thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. You know, so I wouldn't say that my parents are as modern as you. I definitely think that they've assimilated to the culture here based on just seeing my experience, my sister's experiences. Um, my mom asked me to make about Ada probably a year ago after I'd been in a relationship and things hadn't worked out. And, and she's like, well, let's give this a shot. I don't think that it's a bad thing. I think a lot of people are connected in that way. I just knew that it wasn't for me. I don't think that that piece of paper, I don't think that was a representation of, of who I was. I tried really hard to see like, okay, how can I create like a snapshot of me? What's important to me? Um, put some thought into it, but at the end, uh, yeah, not, not something that was for me. I appreciate that you were open to it. Cause I'll be honest. Like, yeah. I, I think 
or I know that I would have been Mm -hmm. very, very resistant to it. Like I think, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with like just our upbringings, right? Like knowing Mm -hmm. that my parents were forced to marry one another, knowing that that's not actually what my mom wanted. She wasn't Mm -hmm. ready for marriage, but she, you, you kind of have to do, especially back then, you kind of have yeah. to do what your parents want you to do. And I think mm-hmm. that societal pressure exists in like every culture, right? There's kind of an age that you're supposed to be married. You're supposed to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, it's just a matter of how you were brought up on like how much pressure you feel internally. Like, do I have to conform to this or not? So I appreciate that you were at least open to it because yeah. like your family dynamics were different as well, right? Your dad pursued your mom. They had this like romantic elopement. Um, yes. So, you know, so it's like def- definitely different, like having not seen your parents go through that. I agree. And I, I also think that uh, there was a part of um, some resistance coming from my end because I was like, well, you didn't have to do this. Um, Why do I have to do this? Um, But it's just a strategy. I understand, you know, their intentions are in the right place. Um, So yeah, but then I think about also, what is the difference between the bio data that we create on paper that gets passed around, you know, via email within within the community and um, the profiles that we make? Yeah. Dating profiles. When people ask about, um, ask about arranged marriage, I equate it to like match.com, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's like so similar, except I think we kind of talked about this a little bit, um, that generally traditionally in South Asian culture, you're not dating casually. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're dating for several things. Like we, we talked about offline, but you're, um, at least in the United States, when you're dating, you can date casually, you're dating for fun. It's, it's a hobby. It's an occupation, right? Like you were doing self-exploration in the process. Um, and you're like figuring out what you want in life. Um, you know, a lot of it is just like social participation, right? Like you're meeting people that way. Um, whereas in South Asian culture, you're meeting people with the intention of ultimately marrying them. And like that timeline, I feel like it varies, but you know, it's not usually years. It's, it's condensed. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that going back to what I was saying about, um, maybe the resistance that was coming from my end is, yeah, there might not be much of a difference between like the paper bio data and then like the profile. But I think the biggest fundamental difference is that I wanted to be the one to drive the conversations. I think when there's a piece of paper, that's, there's so many assumptions. I mean, it's not like I can talk out of that paper and, you know, someone sees it and then they decide, okay, it's kind of like swiping, right? Like, do I, do I want, you know, to move forward or not versus I think when you, um, are driving the dating, you have to take full responsibility for what you choose to swipe right or left on. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to like, okay, I feel like we covered a lot of ground. We covered dating, (laughs) marriage, Netflix TV shows, um, and some of our personal experiences. But, you know, thinking about um, like OT practitioners or Mm -hmm. other healthcare providers, um, what do you think they might be able to like do with some of this information or before we even jump to that, like maybe what are some things that we didn't cover some like questions you think that they might have? Yes. Um, I know we talked about this a little bit offline, but I think we need practitioners to understand the environment. Um, naturally practitioners are going to come in with their own biases. They may already assume, oh, they're going to have an arranged marriage or something like that. But what about um, 
the individuals on their home living situations. So practitioners should definitely um, not skim over that. There should be a conversation about um, space and what does space look like? Do you, do you reside with your parents still? And, and what that means um, regarding like um, the freedom to explore, or do you live on your own? And what does that represent um, in the dating world? I think that's a big one that I think practitioners um, should be focusing on. Yeah. What do you think? I, I think so too. I think, I think, you know, we talked about like environment and context and it's like, mm-hmm. um, in South Asian culture, it's common to live with your parents until you get yeah. married. And even after you get married, you might still live like with your parents or yeah. you can flip the script and say your parents live with mm-hmm. you at that point. Right. And so that mm-hmm. is very common, um, to have like a multi-generational household, right. Mm-hmm. You might have, you might be married, you might have kids and you still have parents living with you. And that is like, that's pretty typical. Yes. Um, and then, you know, I brought up for me, um, mm-hmm. my, with my first marriage, I feel like I rushed into it because mm-hmm it just wasn't acceptable. My parents were not okay with me living with this person if I wasn't married to him. Mm -hmm. And so I married again. Um, but I knew that I had to live with a person because I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going through my divorce again. I want to know who I'm marrying. I want to know who I'm in a relationship with. So you mentioned that you live with your partner. So how was Mm -hmm. that for you? You know, um, I was actually quite surprised, um, this time around when, um, I decided to share that with my parents that I was planning on moving in with my partner and I didn't get the pushback that I thought I was going to get. They were actually quite supportive. I think that they saw my point of view from, um, a personal growth, but also from a, obviously a fiscal point of view as well. We live in the Bay area (laughs) and living in San Francisco. Um, but how that's been for me, I think that it's been a really good learning experience. Um, I do have to time to time remind my parents that um, obviously the intentions are to get married one day, but that doesn't mean that um, it's appropriate to push their agenda just because they're living together, that it's we're ready to get married right now. Cohabitating, I think that it is a, um, the values I feel like are from more Western culture mm-hmm. originating. But actually, I talked to my friends who have um, grown up in India, and they say, like, um, it's actually sometimes even like an urban thing or more liberal thinking thing, because there's, you know, young adults that live in cities in India, and they're also living with their significant others. Yeah, I have some um, younger um, relatives that are living um, with their partners right now. And they're like, I'm like, do your parents know? And they're like, yes. And so it's, I I think this is where it's really important to, like you said, like understand the environment, understand the context and Mm -hmm. like, um, what's the situation around that? Like what supports do people have? Right. So um, if this was like, 10 years ago, even 20 years Mm -hmm. ago for me, if I had lived with somebody that might result in me not having all the supports um, that I used to have. So, you know, when you're working with somebody and Mm -hmm. they're living with a partner, if they're not married, like whatever their situation is, understanding like what their supports are. Sounds like your family is super supportive of your situation, but even Mm -hmm. present day, there are families that aren't accepting. So some people have gone against their wishes or like are secretly living with people. Um, For me, when I started living with my now husband, um, Mm -hmm. my parents especially my dad was telling everybody he was my roommate 
Yeah. <laughs> like he had in his mind that we were roommates. So there was like this financial situation, mm -hmm. not that we were dating and getting to know each other. And one of the things that we um, talked about offline too, is like, there's no word for boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, if there's not a word that that doesn't exist in the language how does the concept exist mm -hmm. um you know the the thoughts and the values behind the word so actually i was thinking about you know the the word boyfriend girlfriend the word fiance like i don't think there's a word i'm gujarati there's i don't think there's a word for that i don't know a word in hindi or yeah and also that when we look behind, I think the meanings behind these words um, now in India, obviously these words are being used, but like in English, term, though. <laughs> in, in English, in English, right? A, a Westernized concept. Right. Mean, these terms actually are starting to also uh, represent stages that people are going through, you know, the boyfriend, girlfriend phase versus like being engaged phase versus getting married. I mean, to my parents, they probably really have a hard time understanding what the difference is between <laughs> a fiance and a husband. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think like, you know, that's where just recognizing kind of like people's traditions and where they're at and like what they're okay with, what they want is so important. Cause it's like, you know, I feel like you and I have so many similarities. So again, we can only speak mm -hmm. to our own experiences. We can't mm -hmm. cover, um, we can't even cover other South Asians that are living in this country, right? Like it's just our own experiences yeah. and, and what we're able to get from it. But it's like, okay, um, what are, you know, what can you get out of this? What are some considerations mm -hmm. um, when you're working with people that don't have the same experience as you? Um, mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I feel like I say constantly is like, just ask people, you know, like mm -hmm. if you can ask respectfully and explain why you're trying to get information, for the most part, people won't have any problem sharing some personal details. As a practitioner that may not think of this is the person from a South Asian background, they, the concept of space is very different. Um, sometimes um, Indian parents don't think it's necessary or don't even, it doesn't even occur to them that, that their child, you know, needs space to be, <laughs> to, to be dating, like physical space, personal space, you know, um, whether it's like having the space to just be on a phone call or FaceTime or even just uh, the space to like, maybe they want, you want to bring them into your home, but you have to think of like 10 other things. So yes, the concept of space and also a uh, concept of time. Um, yeah. Yeah, like we were talking about the timeline, um, parent and your parents understand like how much time do you need, um, the informality versus formality of like setting up dates. I think that um, in within the Indian community, um, you can just show up on a whim. You just like knock on the door. You don't have to call, and it's it's not taken badly. It's like oh yeah. cool, like you know we're in They're the neighborhood. Bring you in, give you tea, and feed you. Exactly. We are such a hospitable, yeah. you know, culture um, versus dating and in more of a westernized culture is quite formal. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you have to set up every day, the time, yeah, even how long it is. And ha like what you're going to wear. I feel like, you know, I remember mm -hmm. dating, it was very much like, well, what are all the things that we're going to do? So I know like how to dress for, it. especially living in San Francisco, right? Like you have to dress for the weather too. Yeah, that's actually a really <laughs> good point. And then looking at it from an OT lens also, um, 
what like how you dress and what that represents also grooming Mm -hmm. grooming looks different in you know the south asian and how you do your hair how long your hair is like you know a woman with long hair what that symbolizes to someone you know a man um dating versus a woman who you know uh has a short haircut. I think that all of that symbolizes different things in the South Asian community. Yeah. 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 I mean, even I'm, I'm thinking about, again, just common, more traditional things are for women, especially to dress more modestly. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, like what comes up in my head often is like doing certain things secretly, you know, you dress a certain way when you're in the house with your parents. And then when you leave the house, you have a different outfit. (laughs) The good old identity, it's an identity, um, conflict. And that is actually a really good um, thing for practitioners to also talk about, like, how do you want to portray yourself to the world? Like, like, what does your family see you as and what's really like who you are and you want your partner to be seeing as you're dating? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I was just thinking about, you know, a a lot of what I do, especially mental health is kind of really having people um, look at their own values, you know, and so in South Asian culture, it's there's a juxtaposition sometimes of like, what are your personal values and what are your community values, right? Like Mm -hmm. you might have some things that are like, you know, there's two sides of me, which I'm assuming kind of works with you too. Like there's certain things that I, uh, that I'm willing to cover with my family. There's a certain me that I'm willing to, I don't want to say portray, like be, Mm -hmm. and then I'm somebody else when I'm not around them because I have more freedom, Um, you know, similar to kind of like the context and environment. Like I grew up and my parents didn't agree with me closing my door unless I was changing. Like if it was ever closed, it's like, mm-hmm. what are you doing in there? You don't exactly need any privacy. <laughs> like what, what's happening back there. And so it's like, like literally when the doors closed, I might be a different person. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like I have that freedom to be. So, you know, just kind of exploring those in, in context, like who are you or who's Completely. the person that you're working with? Completely. Um, and, and going back to values, I think that in dating, your family may want you to focus on you as a person that focuses on just family values versus individualistic thinking. There might not be room for you to be talking about that. Um, So that's an important thing to, yeah. Yeah, I I love that because it's like, as an occupational therapy practitioner, Mm -hmm. you might actually be creating space for a South Asian individual to Mm -hmm. really explore like, who they are, what they want in life, what their values are, what roles they see themselves in, like how they want to prioritize their occupations. Because sometimes we don't even have like, there's no space for that, right? I agree. And I can speak on personal experience on that. I think that for so long, you're told what to do, you're told what is good for you. And then you realize, wait, are those things that I want? Are those things that people have always wanted for me? So um, I think it's such a beautiful thing that as an OT, we can create space for people to explore that. I think overall, um, people who are listening to this should be walking away, just feeling a little bit more mindful about, like we just said, the the barriers, the context, the environment. And um, I think it's great that we are starting a platform to be having these conversations um, mm-hmm. in relation to dating. Yeah, that doesn't exist. And, and now it does. 
hope that all of that information was helpful and you can utilize it in practice. If you have any questions, comments, or thoughts for future episodes, please leave them in the comments. Um, you can get a hold of me at um, otbayarea.com, um, also on Instagram at otbayarea. So I wanted to thank you so much, Pooja, um, for sharing all your insights and bringing it back to OT because I'm so good at getting carried away. So do you have any last thoughts? I mean, I just want to thank you, Sheila, for having me on this. This is my first time recording a podcast. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think it's so awesome, 2021, and we're having these conversations that allow our peers to be better practitioners and continue to have some of the more difficult conversations. So yeah, thank you. Thank you.